0: It's 3 Point Podcast time again, and coming up next is a special best of episode. 3 Point Podcast gives you the pod world's best take on athletics and pop culture from three sports guys. From three different generations. I'm the elder statesman Ted Patel, of Sportsnet Michigan and Z925 Radio. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina. And our youngest viewpoints will come from Jared Fattell of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Three Point Pod. And joining us again today are our great advertising partners, including Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Thanks all. Also, to our website partner, Sports Radio Detroit, and our friends at Midwest Sports Network. of three point podcast located on the corner of Siawasi and M21 in Corona.
3: You'll do better with Sheridan.
0: Okay, coming up next on this, best of one of our good friends. He was uh, the former defensive coordinator at Ferris State University and now head coach at Saginaw Valley State University. Ryan Brady joined us to talk about the chances for the Bulldogs in their national championship contest. Take a listen. Just underway here
3: from the Pontiac Silverdome, 30-yard line for the Indians. They'll send... Shackleford in motion right at him. Zappin gets the fake. Now Brady keeps it. 35, 40, 45, midfield. 45, 40, 30, 20. That's against the green. Ryan Brady all the way. for the touchdown. Brady back to throw. Throws a
1: bullet out here. Complete. The ball and he breaks the tackle. The 40, midfield. Down the sideline. The 30, the 20, the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
0: Touchdown, custody. All right, you heard it on Z92.5, clips from the 1998 high school state championship we got on the other end of the line. Uh, Ferris State assistant football coach, he's a Division II national champion as a player and, of course, won that championship with Chessonine in 98. Ryan Brady of the Ferris State Bulldogs making their way to the Division two national championship game. He's a coach on Tony Anisa's staff. Welcome to the three-point pod, first of all, Ryan, and congratulations on your run so far.
3: Yeah, thanks, uh, Ted. It's, uh, it's been exciting, and uh, couldn't be more excited for Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Well, uh, walk us through first of all uh, the experience of this season. You know, last year you guys had a heartbreaker loss in the playoffs, but you seem to have it all going together here as you head into the championship game.
3: Yeah, last year was tough. You know, we had a great defense last year. We had sixteen seniors, and we really felt like we had the pieces um, to win the thing last year. And um, we ran into a good Harding team, and uh, we didn't play our best, and still had an opportunity to win, and kick the field goal late, and it definitely was uh, devastating for us. And uh, we just came back this year on a mission. Did a great job recruiting here, and we've had a lot of guys. You know, be patient and wait their turn. So, you know, we got like you know 15 new starters on defense this year, and uh, but they're all veteran guys that have been here for a few years. A lot of guys that double redshirted, and so it's not like they're uh, they're you know young dudes. Uh, they've been around, and now they've been waiting for the opportunity, and they've gotten that. And we really – we turned a lot of guys from offense from last year, and the addition of J. Rue Campbell at quarterback has obviously been huge for us. And um, so we got a great team, and uh, we're feeling good about Saturday.
1: So, Ryan, you mentioned uh, your guys' loss last year against Harding. Uh, what do you think the difference was? Was there any difference in scheme in this year's win against Harding, like on the defensive end as the co-defensive coordinator? I know they were on the option attack, so I'm just, I'm just curious if there was any changes.
3: Yeah, their style of uh, play is obviously very difficult. Um obviously myself and coach Hodges uh we we coordinate the defense together and us, he was an option quarterback at Montrose, so we're both former option quarterbacks, so we got a good background on option football, but it's still a really tough uh stop and uh you know, we we played great defense the year before, um held them to 16 points and you know, and we knew it was going to be a tough task again. It's a very physical game and we really uh, they're, and they're really they're really well coached and they have some really good players and so we knew when we got that draw uh, that probably in the toughest game of this playoff run maybe week one in the playoffs and we drew them again so we kind of looked at ourselves and said oh here we go again um, let's make sure we get it right this time and it's uh, credit to our kids our kids and our coaches did a great job and uh, we pulled out a tough W. You
1: mentioned that you both uh you and coach or you and your your fellow co- defensive coordinator played quarterback in high school. How has that helped you as a defensive coach?
3: Well that's my gift to uh, coaching defense is that i'm a I have an offensive perspective and so you know when we're breaking down opponents you know i can I can see what you know a team wants to do and what their strengths are and what their what their offensive coordinator is trying to accomplish and you know I can predict you know what I think they may try to do to them how they may try to attack us so for me, you know, um, being on defense is probably um, where I belong. Even though I, I love coaching the quarterbacks, and I spent a lot of time on offense. Really, I find like my niche has been, um, you know, coming up with great game plans and figuring out how to stop all these people.
2: Ryan, we've talked about. I mean, this this segment opened up with some some cool sock calls of uh, your time at chessanine, and we talked about your your days playing quarterback and everything and I'm just curious uh, I, one of my coworkers Marcus spears, he uh, played at lSU he was a, a high level high school player too, and then he went on to the NFL He was asked recently what his most memorable loss is in his whole football career, and he said right away his last high school game they lost in the state championship at uh, in his high school. And he said, that's the one that sticks out. That's uh, the one that he grew up, you know, playing with his friends. You know, the high school memories are what sticks out the most to him. I'm curious. You, you won a state championship in high school, won a national championship in uh, college. You've had success as a coach and everything. But, like, which one? What What is something that sticks out the most to you? Is it that
3: state championship in high school? Oh, that one's definitely special. That was a special group of guys, and it was really a magical run, and um, it was just a lot of fun, and I love those guys and so many great players and great friends and you know that's what it's all about. That one definitely sticks out. And then you know at Grand Valley, um, you know we we broke two, we broke the barrier down there and won the first playoff game there and then made made a you know great run. And probably my most memorable loss would have been the first national title appearance where you know Scott got into the end zone with about a minute 50 to go and we had the lead and then. You know, they hit a big play on fourth and seven when we were trying to win the game, and ended up losing a heartbreaker. So it's probably my most memorable loss, toughest loss of my playing career. But when you're a coach, they all hurt when you lose. And obviously, I've been blessed because I've been with uh, Coach Niece. I think this is uh, this is our tenth season together, and we're 105 18 and 18 in ten seasons. So you know, every loss with Coach Niece hurts because every season we're we're playing for a championship and we're playing for a chance to to win at the end and so you know every time you don't win the national championship with coach Denise it hurts because every year you feel like you you have a team that's good enough to win it and you're in position to do that so all the losses seem to hurt a lot more with him than uh than obviously when I was a player but um yeah it's been uh, that, that Chesapeake state championship was was really really special that one's definitely got a, a, a place. I always had a place in my heart and uh, I couldn't love those guys and coaches and you know the town. Uh, it's just an awesome experience.
0: I have a follow up on the on the Chesanine run in a moment, but I want to go back to that two thousand and one heartbreaker losing to North Dakota. I mean, you know, you kind of shortchanged it a little bit. You were a starting receiver or slot man to, on that team, right, for the most part.
3: Yeah, I started ten games at slot receiver, and then we got to the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we were up, I think, a couple scores, and it was right before the half, and we were fourth and one, and Coach Kelly was trying to uh, move the chains quick. We ran a QB sneak, and uh, Kurt Ames tore all of his knee up, and so we lost him, and then after the game, Coach Kelly was kind of like, hey, man, you're going to have to play quarterback, and so he moved me to quarterback that next week, and and we made a nice little three-game run, and that was another little magical moment, and got all the way down there and had that game won, and And then just flipped away at the end, which is which was hard, hard pill to
0: swallow there. Yeah, my question I really had is, I mean, that was kind of like uh, like a a a movie script. You had it right there, you know. I mean, you it's a it's a Cinderella story, as Bill Murray would say. You you come in, you're you're the backup. You you lead them to three wins, like you said. You had them in the national championship game. You went ahead. I got to ask your your Frank thoughts on this. I mean, you had to have some sleepless nights, and you're a team guy. But you had to say yeah, okay. to yourself, defense. How could you do it?
3: Yeah, it was tough. The hardest part was standing there on the sideline and watching it happen. I just <laughs> felt like I did my part, and you know, I felt like we had the game won. And North Dakota was really struggling to move the ball. I mean, I think I think it took them like you know, I don't know, a minute and a half to get like two first downs. Right. They couldn't. They couldn't complete a pass. We had them on fourth and seven, and they were sixty yards away. And every time I see a coach Martin and. Coach Jansen, they apologized because they dialed up a cover zero pressure, and you know it was probably not the right call at that time. But they were trying to end the game, and you know they ran into a, a unique, uh, unique set, and you know, a guy broke a tackle, made a play, and uh, so yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, it's hard to stand there and watch that go down the way it did. You know, it was. It really, we really should have. We deserved to win that game. But you know, I've won a lot of games where. You know, we weren't the best team, and somehow we found a way to win and that's
0: the game of football yep you're right I want to ask a question again about your high school days because I know we'll have a lot of listeners from that, that remember that 98 team I mean obviously the castle jumped on board that bandwagon pretty early and uh, it still goes down as probably my favorite uh, broadcasting moment ever was doing that 98 championship game I and mean, it was one of the all time greats 41-38 over uh, Belding I think they were number one you were number two going into that game and I mean you had again in one of those games where you were in the zone, three touchdown passes, a couple of touchdown runs. Uh, like you mentioned, you had a great team, uh, but can you put into words what that was like, that whole experience?
3: Yeah, that experience was just, uh, it was just something that we worked for and dreamed about and we worked hard and made it happen. And it was really um, it was just everybody kind of was on the same mission and had the same goal, and it was just a group of guys that just committed themselves for, you know from the moment we lost. Um, my junior year to Frank everybody was committed to. Hey, we're gonna. We got everybody coming back, and we're gonna do it. And so, everybody put the work in, and was you know we were grinding you know Monday through Saturday for you know seven eight months. You know, Monday Wednesday Friday lift, and Tuesday Thursday Saturday sprint training, and we were committed, and uh, you know it paid off, and it was just a fun. Um, you know. it's Special and it makes you feel proud because Belming was—I mean—they were like one of the best teams in the state at any division. I mean, they had—you know—the Cummings brothers. One went to Michigan, the other one went to Michigan State, and they had a couple of Division One offensive linemen. And you know, this is their third straight trip to the finals. The year before, they were—they won it. Um, the first year, they lost the Country Day in a heartbreaker. But I mean, they had—we you know, were playing a team with 25 seniors that were already state champions. You know, I mean, it was not an easy deal for us, and uh, for us to come out and pull that one out, it was uh, it was definitely special.
2: You you mentioned earlier you, you just threw out Coach Kelly and Coach Martin. That that's Brian Kelly and Chuck Martin. You played for some pretty some pretty legendary coaches at Grand Valley State. What was that experience like?
3: Yeah, I've uh, I've been blessed. I mean I really have. I mean playing for Jim Zappin, who was, you know, a high school hall of famer and you know, he's won multiple state championships and then you know, then getting to go and went to Ohio University and played for Jim Grobe and Troy Calhoun is now the head coach at Air Force. And then, then going and playing for Brian Kelly and Chuck Martin and John Jancic, who's the, has been a defensive coordinator everywhere at University of Georgia. It's just, it's been tremendous. And then, you know, to land with Coach Anise was truly a blessing because he's really changed my life. And it's been uh, it's, it's been great. You know, Coach Kelly, is um, he was really a, a good ex as an old guy. I learned a ton uh, from him about the passing game and protections and you know, all those kind of things. And he um, he's really masterful when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, and Coach Martin, really a defensive guru. And, you know, he's just really intense and, and provide a lot of energy and really demanding of his players. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I've learned so much from those guys. And, and you know, I feel like Coach Anise is, you know, as good or, or better than those guys. And um, it's fun every day to be around uh, Coach Anise because he's just uh, – he has a lot of fun, and he keeps things loose, and you know we're a crazy bunch of guys, and, <laughs> and we have we have a lot of fun, and that's that's what I like most about being a coach is we keep it loose, and and we're we're a little crazy and probably over the top sometimes, but we do it just to, to make sure. I mean, this is like I think our 144th straight day of work, so we haven't had a day off in 144. <laughs> so uh, when you get to this point, it's 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 definitely a grind. <laughs> You were talking
1: earlier about Jayru Campbell, and he was actually out uh, in your. I think it was was it round two or, or your game? Yeah, round two game against Northwest Missouri State. Did the game plan change at all with Travis Russell and like Evan Cummings kind of in at quarterback, or was it kind of business as usual? I know you're a defensive coach, but I know that you probably have some sort of hand in the offense as well.
3: You know the the game plan definitely um, changed. I mean, they basically um, you know, uh, Coach Nates and Coach Kasula you know basically made. A game plan for each quarterback, and so the um, Northwest Missouri is, you know, a national power, and they they run a very unique defense, and so uh, it's very very difficult to deal with. And you know, it was just a masterful um, game plan and masterful execution by our players. And all three of those quarterbacks did an outstanding job. And um, it's really credit to to our, our team for believing in the coaching staff and trusting. Um, with all the crazy stuff that we did that week. Um, but it really threw Northwest for a loop because, you know, they were they didn't know until, like, game time that J. Rue wasn't going to play. And so, you know, they prepped for something else, and all of a sudden now they see three different quarterbacks all running different plays and, you know, something that they'd never seen before. So, you know, it was definitely uh, challenging for them. I'm sure they were probably like, what what is
0: this? So, without giving away any uh, trade secrets, obviously, what's uh, w- what is the plan right at the moment for this championship game?
3: It always comes down to like you know the, the, the simple things that you focus on every week to win football games. You know, obviously, we want to you know, control the line of scrimmage. You know, both offensively and defensively, and we want to take care of the football. And obviously, wanna, they're a big play offense. They're the number one scoring offense in the country. And so, you know, for us, we want to try to limit their their big plays and you know, we want to stop the run, and most importantly, we want to we want to control the tempo and the pace of this game. And uh, we feel like we're battle tested. I mean, we've had, I mean, a gauntlet of teams that we played um, from Harding to Northwest Missouri to you know Washita to you know Minnesota Minnesota State Mankato. I mean, the teams we played are like holy cow, you know. And so we don't feel like El has been through the gauntlet like that. You know, and then obviously having to play, you know, Ashland and Grand Valley and Saginaw Valley was good this year, and you know, Finley was a seven-win team. I mean, we've had a tough, tough schedule this year, so you know, we feel really good about where we're at and our and our health of our team, and uh, we feel like we're definitely like prepared uh, to go play this game.
0: You know, Ryan, you brought up an interesting point that I have felt all along. Uh, you mentioned about uh, Coach Kelly and the others, and. Uh, you made the statement that Tony Anise, uh, you would rank him there or even higher. And I've always felt, you know, he could, he could coach at any level and be successful. I mean, he's proven it. Uh, the question I just have, though, is uh, how does it affect your staff when you hear the noise on, you know, other possible opportunities? I know you're concentrating on Ferris State, but uh, is that talked about at all?
3: You'd be surprised. I mean, obviously, you hear, like, chatter like when the Central Michigan job. Opened. Right. But our players, I didn't have one player asking me about that at all, you know. And so not one player said, hey, you guys are, are you guys leaving? Not, I mean, not one player. I mean, so our, our kids just focused on, you know, the task at hand. I mean, we've been here. This is our seventh year at Ferris. And so this has, been, this has been our goal since we've been here. And we've had teams, we felt like we should have won this thing, you know, way sooner than now, you know. But it just shows you how tough it is. To win the national championship, I mean it is not easy. It is not easy to do. You know, I mean we have we had Jason Vanderlaan and Jake Lampman and Zach Sealer and Justin Zimmer. I mean, you know, our two thousand fifteen team had, you know, seven NFL players on Wow. You know, we got seven guys in the NFL. I mean, and you think, dang, in two thousand fifteen you had seven NFL guys that seven seven NFL players and you guys did win it, you know, it's like it's just hard to do. And so, you know, you hear you hear the chatter, but you know there's only you only focus on the things that you can control, and um, you know every day you just come to work and focus on those things, and that's what pushes you through.
0: You know, I played for uh, Tony's dad, Nick and Niece, the legendary high school coach here in Michigan, who passed away way too young. Tony, uh, he, he's taking it up a notch. Just tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about uh, you know Tony's style, you know what his real strength is that, that leads to this incredible success.
3: Well, I, I'll give it the perspective. I always tell people, and I tell recruits, you know, and I always tell them, you know, I've, I played for, I played for these guys, you know, I've been with Coach Anise, and Coach Anise is the best because of his relationships that he have, he has with his players and his coaches. I mean, he treats me like a son. So that's really what takes him over the top. You know, is you know, a lot of college coaches, it's business and politics. Uh, Coach Anissa, it's family and it's relationships and it's caring for young people. And you know, we're here to serve, and so that's our approach. And we just wrap our arms around kids and we love them. We're we're not a staff that screams and yells and um, you know hollers at the kids. You know, we, we get intense and we have fun, but it's um, you know we we love our guys and our players love us. And so like it's you know if you came and we're hanging around our facility, you'd be like, wow, like, you know, the players are hanging out game planning with us all day long. Hmm. You know, like, our doors are open, and, you know, you say, wow, you know, parents, when they come on recruiting, visits, like, we just can't believe the way that you and your coaches and your players interact. You know, everybody's hugging each other and telling them, telling each other they love each other. And so that's really what makes him special, besides the fact that he's, you know, an unbelievable football coach, you know, you know, X's and O's and motivation, and I mean, like, he's He's elite on all those levels, but it's really the relationships that he has with the kids and the, and the coaches and just everybody around him. I mean, just, he's like a magnet. Like, people just want to be around Tony. I think, like, the game ended last week against Mankato, and it was 10 minutes after the game, and he's like, he showed me his phone, and he had, like, 250 text messages already. <laughs> it was, like, 10 minutes, you know? Like, just, like, everybody, you know, like, loves the guy, you know? And so... He's just really special in that regard, you know, and that's really what I've learned from him the most is just how to treat people and how to serve and help others, and that's really, uh, you know, why I love him the most. That
1: is awesome. Uh, I just have one more question about the actual game. So I've been reading some, like, press clippings that people are saying this could be the highest scoring national title or D2 national title game in history. As a defensive coach, does that piss you off a little bit?
3: Yeah, you know, I'll just tell you that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, it may be high scoring on one end, but I'm not in it.
1: <laughs> I love, I love it. it.
3: I love it. So uh, I've watched a lot of film, and i I uh, I feel good about our matchups and how we match up against this team. They're a ten personnel team, and they want to spread us out and have a lot of little fast guys on the field. And uh, we see that um, you know all spring, all camp, all year round when we go we go against Coach Anise and come in some of his styles. So. Uh, we're pretty well schooled uh, against that style, um, and we have a lot of speed, and we're big, and we're physical on defense, and we play a very unique um, scheme that really makes it tough on people. And so, you know, we've this year against Grand Valley, we held them to 34 yards rushing, you know, and we held Northwest Missouri, who averages 250 yards a game rushing, we held them to 31 yards rushing, you know, so we have the ability to choke people out, and uh, especially defending the run. And so I watch these guys a lot. If, it's, if it turns into a track, meet, I'll be shocked. They do have some elite mm-hmm. speed and some playmakers. So you know, it's not going to be a scheme issue. Uh, if, they, if their players are making plays, they definitely could, uh, they definitely could uh, put some points up on the board. But uh, I feel good about uh, the way we play and um, how we match up against what they're going to try and do.
2: And then I just have
1: one question. So you guys have been uh, like road warriors the past couple of weeks and you're obviously going all the way down to Texas on Saturday. I think you're leaving on Wednesday, I believe. Can you kind of walk me through if you can, like what your schedule is going to look like once you get to Texas up until game time?
3: Yeah, we've actually been unbelievable on the road since our time here at Ferris. I don't know. I think in the last four years, we may be 33 and three or something crazy like that on the road. Wow. So, um, we, uh, we're we're excited when we're on the road to be honest. It's just a nice change up for us. You know, at Ferris we don't have we don't have the best facilities, the best weight room, you know, the best fields. You know, like we're probably like last almost in the league in all those areas. So when we get to go places, it's like vacation for us. Like we're excited to like go out and venture out. So like, our kids love it. When we hit the road, it's like, oh, yeah, we're excited, you know. So when we got the 3 seat, I mean, we were cheering. I mean, our kids were happy. We're like, we're going on the road yes! Like, <laughs> it's out Big Rapids. Let's go, you know. So we we were thrilled. We're like, great, we're going to Mankato. Like, oh, look at this. This stadium's awesome. Like, we can't wait to go there, you know. And that's always neat to be on the road. So we're leaving Wednesday morning, flying out, um, landing in Dallas. And then when we land, we're going to – as soon as we land, we'll go and – Get something to eat, and then we're going to hit the practice field on Wednesday, and then we'll have some meetings and and team meal. Um, And then we'll give the kids some downtime Wednesday night to get settled and stuff. And then Thursday, we wake up and uh, we'll have an early practice and uh, some film after that. And then we, I believe, I haven't seen the full itinerary yet, but I believe Thursday night we go to a a banquet with the other team. And so we basically have a meal with uh, both teams there. And then there's like some games and stuff that you do with the other team. Um, which is kind of unique. I think there's like I don't know, like the coaches have a push-up contest between each team, and there's <laughs> a, you know, they're the kids have a pool playing contest. You know, they're playing some billiards, and there's all kinds of neat stuff that goes on Thursday. And then Friday we wake up and we'll have a walkthrough, and then there's and there's both teams will go do a community service project on Friday, um, which that's always neat. And then Friday night we'll have uh, we'll have uh, another film session and team meal, and then we'll start getting locked in for us Saturday.
2: Kind of teed it up when you were talking about the facilities at Ferris State and Big Rapids, maybe being on the lower end a little bit. uh, I went to Grand Valley. I I got there in 2003. So I got there after the first championship, and I was there for their second championship in the 2003 season. And from that time, the next four or five years when I was at Grand Valley, the campus was just, like, changing and expanding and new facilities and everything. And Jared's there now, and it looks like a completely different campus than even from when I was there. I think it honestly, I think it is almost it's a great university, but I think it's almost directly affected by the success of the football team. And you were a part of that, so can you talk about how how it feels maybe to look at Grand Valley and see how it's grown, see how their facilities have been upgraded, and know that your football team's kind of had a hand in that?
3: Yeah, we always um, you know we joke about that kind of stuff. Um, our coaches and stuff like not that I had an impact on that but obviously the success over many years um, has helped you know that stuff grow obviously and you know Grand Valley's got a lot of great alumni and supporters who help contribute to a lot of their projects you know so it's not all their university but you know they got a lot of a lot of uh, big time donors that, that help get things going and, and they're proactive too in their administration and their. Presidents have done a did a great job there helping that stuff. You know, when we go there and we play, you know, for us we're like excited because it's such a pretty stadium, and so our kids like love it when we go there. So, you know, our coaches will stand and you know, me and Coach Niece will stand there in pregame and be like, you know, how how do we beat these guys? You know, you look around and you're like, how do we how do we beat them in recruiting? How do we beat them on the field? Like, like look at all this stuff. Like, hmm. you know, it's like. It's crazy, you know, and so, mm-hmm. you know, what we do here at Ferris is we win with people, you know, and so, you know, we recruit kids that want to be around winners, and that's really our focus is when we go out on the road recruiting, we're looking for winners, and we're looking for kids that are looking to be around the best people that can be and not worried about pretty buildings and pretty uniforms because um, that ain't going to win you no games, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's our strategy, and it's, um, it's worked really well, and it helps. Um, When you're building a team, you know you're getting the right kind of kids that are focused on the right things, which are, you know, kids want to be involved with great, you know, in in good, strong relationships, you know, with obviously their uh, their peers and their coaches, and they're there because they want to win. And so, you know, those are the kind of things. Like when we're we're pitching kids, um, we're not pitching our facilities, obviously, and you know, you don't obviously don't go to you don't pick your. uh, your place of worship, based upon how pretty the churches you pick it, based upon, you know, the people that are inside, and so um, that's how we kind of build our football team is uh, in that same kind of mindset.
0: Wow. Well, we I, we've taken a lot of your time here. I know the schedule is just jam packed, but uh, man, we really appreciate you taking the time out, Ryan. By the way, when uh, Jared asked you the question about uh, the possible record points being scored, and your answer, that had me all ready to suit up and get ready to play. You were fired <laughs> up, man. I love that. But I'll tell you what, you have all three of us uh, rooting hard for the Bulldogs this Saturday. We'll be watching from afar, but uh, I know you guys will be prepared no matter what and just go get it done, all right?
3: I appreciate it.
0: All right, Ryan, thanks for joining us here.
3: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You guys have a good one.
0: Card Service Michiana offers the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money, no contract, no monthly minimums, no problem. Call 574 238 1397 for details and also our friends, the Corona Connection. They know it's great to be gold. The spring sports season is winding down at Corona High, so keep up on the calves at Corona Connection. Dot com. Well, one of the things we do here at Three Point Podcast is we take a look at the entertainment world in my little special segment, Tedertainment Tonight. Here's a few clips from some of our previous episodes. All right, guys, time again for Ted tonight. I don't have a whole heck of a lot here to put on the table, but uh, just last night, as a matter of fact, I watched the uh, the brand new Ted Bundy story on Netflix. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. I don't know if you both have had a chance to watch it yet. If you have, uh, let me know what you think.
1: What I didn't get about that show is it basically was just a reshooting of the like actual courtroom and like the actual documentary. There wasn't, and they kind of tried to frame it like he was innocent the whole time. I don't. I love Zac Efron. I loved his performance in it, but it just. I don't know.
0: It was entertaining, but I. It... First of all, my review. I thought Zac Efron just did a great job mm-hmm. portraying Ted Bundy. But the whole the whole point of this movie, and again, it's a Netflix movie. You know, it's not one that's yeah. going right to the big screen. That, that deserves a lot of critical, uh, you know, picking it picking it apart. But this is from a, a book that was written by his longtime girlfriend. So this was from her perspective mm-hmm. on Ted Bundy and what went on. I would say the acting was pretty good. I'd say the script was left a little bit to be desired. But uh, like I said, Zach Efron, solid performance as Terrible Ted. Did you see it, Matt? Oh,
2: yeah, e- Efron was great. I was curious, you know, because he's mostly been like he was in Neighbors and Baywatch, you know, kind of not very serious roles or whatever so i was curious to see how he did i thought he was great and i did i was kind of the same way i was kind of like i didn't know what i don't know i guess maybe like what the point of the movie was because right they were trying to make it look like he was defending himself the whole time i know that that's kind of that's how it was but then we did look it up and like you said ted we saw that it was based on the book written by his ex-girlfriend you know through her eyes so that kind of make made it make a little more sense my biggest thing, I, I really want to watch, I don't know if that the Ted Bundy tapes that's on Netflix, if that, uh, if that would answer some more questions or not, but I, was, I kept saying throughout the movie, you know, he has all these victims, what they said, like over 30 that they actually know about or whatever. Was there never, did he never leave any like DNA, hair, blood, anything? Because it seemed like the whole time, almost like the OJ case, like the whole time, they could never 100% pin anything on him. Obviously, the circumstantial evidence was, like, ridiculous. I mean, they, they knew it was him.
0: Well, but. part of part of the problem was it took place mostly in the 70s, and they didn't have a lot of DNA mm-hmm. uh, developed at that point. And uh, I, I think on a previous Entertainment tonight, <laughs> we talked about the Ted Bundy tapes. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I can wholeheartedly tell you that is the definitive Ted Bundy doc you want to watch. I mean, it's okay. tremendous. You know what was another
1: like kind of mind-blower that kind of cracked me up? Sixth Sense kid. He's fat as heck now. <laughs> yeah. Haley Joel, uh, Osment. what an actor. <laughs> yeah. you know, and he scored uh, the girl.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when, when he popped up, I didn't really recognize him. My wife was like, hey, that's a kid from Sixth Sense. He sees dead people. <laughs> and I was like, he's a terrible actor. Like, yeah. I don't know what you guys saw. Maybe his role, maybe he was doing good. Or you know that dude that he played in the movie, but I was like, man, he's not a very good actor. I kind of thought the same. thing. Yeah, no, they, just,
1: I, they just threw him in there. It was a name. I think it was more just like the script. I don't know if it was necessarily like the movie. I don't know. Other than Zac Efron, there wasn't a whole lot of you know jaw dropping performance. I did want to throw this.
2: Sheldon Cooper was in there. That, that was another that one again of those. Was It was
1: weird.
0: <laughs> it's hard watching. <laughs> Took the... you out of the movie seeing him in that. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely t- typecast because man, it's like you're watching Sheldon Cooper yeah. in <laughs> court. <laughs> It was but I'd still watch it. I'd recommend it to anybody out there that has Netflix. It's definitely a worthwhile watch.
2: And I was I wanted to ask, I thought this would come up on TV Teddy this week. You I mean, you were the only one of the three of us alive during that time in Michigan obviously, yep. not necessarily where all this was going on. Was it really like that big of a deal, you know, with the first what they say, the first a uh, trial that was televised, and you know all the women going gaga over him. Yeah,
0: that's really? How it was? It really was. I mean, I mean, obviously here in Michigan we didn't get the full force of it that that some other areas of the country where it was leading the news every night. But I remember it was on the national news, and I remember, uh, you know, they had like 2020 did a story on it back then. You know, with Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters. I mean, that's how far back you got to go. But yeah, I mean, he was really. He's one of the first real publicized serial killers. I know there was a few others before that. I remember when I was a kid, there was a there was a serial killer out of Chicago his name was Richard Speck. Have you ever guys ever heard of him? Oh. Google it sometime. Richard Speck, when I was a kid of like 10 or 12 years old, he uh, snuck into a house with a bunch of nurses in the Chicago area and just brutally murdered them. And this guy was just a It's hard to describe how ugly he was. (laughs) And it just freaked me out as a kid, you know, knowing there are people out there sneaking into people's houses and killing them. As a a kid, did you get any shit for having the same name as Ted Bundy? I I
1: feel like if I was a bully, I would have badgered the hell out of you. No, no. I was
0: actually not quite a kid when Ted Bundy came out. It was in in my high school days, so it wasn't that bad. I don't get, I really, admit I think you were kind of hinted at this. I don't get why girls were
1: so basically infatuated with him. He wasn't. Like, I think we've talked about before, he had a
0: unibrow. It's like, he was
2: not Zac Efron.
0: No, he was not Zac Efron, for sure. Hey, he I think, was a yeah, good-looking we serial killer. We
2: were talking about it after, because she was saying the same thing. Like She was like, I can't believe the women just, like, were, yeah, going gaga over him. And I, I was like, I think probably it was because he was, I mean, he in the movie, like, he even said, like, he could sign posters and sell them or, you know, whatever he was saying about, like, his celebrity status. Maybe that was that kind of what it was, you know, almost like the Beatles, like, he's on TV and he's smooth talker and good-looking guy, so people weren't believing that he was this, like, crazy serial murderer. That's
0: part of it, yeah. I mean, you, you, you nailed it. He's a decent-looking guy, but he also is a smooth talker, obviously. So, right. I mean, there's always hope for all of us that can talk smoothly, Jared. <laughs> all right, guys, also in entertainment, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, on Jeopardy!, James Holzhauser, now over 1600000 bucks. That's million. They're taking a two-week break now. And uh, he'll be back after two weeks to see if he can break the all-time no, well, record.
1: You just, like, you just spelled it out. Why are they taking a two-week break, for those who might not know?
0: Well, they've already had it pre-scheduled that they're having a two-week section of uh, Jeopardy and teachers. So the oh, teachers God. will be doing battle. Maybe uh, Johnny can enter. Your brother. Talk,
1: they're, just, they're losing steam. That's just the worst. Now, yeah, you're you guys you're right. You're exactly right, something right on Something you that. guys did not tell me. James, although he's very good, he's nothing compared to this Ken Jennings character. Not yet. Who is like 53 more wins than him. 53 more days in a row, he's yeah. not even close to him.
0: But if you do the research and see how much money Ken Jennings won in the same time period as James Holzhauer, it's not even close. <laughs> <James> <laughs> Call him Jeopardy James. Jeopardy James. Jeopardy James. <laughs> James. All right. Jeopardy uh, James. But, I like
2: Jeopardy James, but I have to ask, what do you guys think? I mean, this is like the, I don't know, to, speaking in sports terms, a two-week break, is this going to like ruin his momentum?
0: It might. I mean, that's he's a bad go move. go home
2: and, like, you know, forget some stuff or something like I, that's kind of crazy.
0: I don't know. It's, there, you you hate to have that happen to you.
1: I just pick like the picture. There's like some Drago type, you know, character who's gonna come up to take Rocky. There's some like training montage going on with some guy who's gonna come up and try to beat James in a
0: couple
2: weeks. So, like he's at the library, like yeah, encyclopedias. Well,
0: well, keep in mind, and I tweeted it. I know you laughed at it, Jared, but he he won one contest by eighteen bucks. He faced a mm-hmm. stud that just about got him, but he pulled it out.
2: So what do you – I know we don't necessarily know everything about this situation, but, like, what we do know, I've seen some people say, you know, because he you, – you explained it before, Ted, that he's kind of winning with – he obviously knows a ton of stuff. He's not an idiot. But he, he's using, like, a strategy as far as, like, how he's picking the categories. Yeah. I think that's kind of Bush League, or you think that he's just playing the game?
0: No, he's just playing the game. I don't think it's Bush League, and I think they've kind of turned the tables on him a little bit if you're a Jeopardy fan. Here I am, Mr. Mr. Jeopardy knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if you follow Jeopardy, you know, they have these things called daily doubles where you can double your money whatever you bet. That's right. Well, he, since his strategy is he picks the highest dollar value Across the board, you know, he doesn't go lowest to the highest. He goes highest and then across the bottom of the board. Well, they've just started slipping in the double jeopardy down there, knowing he's going to go that route. And I've seen now, out of the last five episodes, when he's had $0, he's hit a double jeopardy. And, and the maximum you can bet, you have no money, so they let you bet a $1,000. Where early on, when he was going on his roll, he would get like $30,000, get double jeopardy. And he'd always push all the money in, double his money, and he'd just be unbeatable. Yeah, so you're saying they're rigging it? They're rigging Slum it Dog a little bit. They're, they're, they're making it a
1: little tougher on him. That's all I think about when I'm watching this. Have you guys seen the movie *Slumdog Millionaire*? Where it's of like, of course. He, that's all I can think about when I'm watching. That it. was millionaire, right? That was about millionaire. Who wants *Slumdog*? Yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, the context. Where he had you know some crazy life story that helped him know every answer. That's what I think about this. But then. He just it's crazy to me how fast they go. And this is the first time I've really watched it since right. we got on the podcast. My parents have actually become like it's become appointment television for us in too. our house. Absolutely. It's crazy how fast they go from question to question. Tell me it you isn't, can't keep
0: up. Tell me it isn't fun, though, when they get the question you try to answer it. You know, if you're sitting there with your mom and dad, you guys are bur- bur- blurting out answers, right? Oh,
1: I'm the best at it.
0: Though. Are you? Okay. Oh, of course. You're the college kid. <laughs> I know a lot
1: of that stuff. There's the video game segment a couple days ago. I was (laughs) nailing
0: them. That's awesome. That's why. That's why it might be the best game show out there. I don't know. It's. I want
2: to. Yeah, I want to ask. So you guys said, or Jared, you said about appointment. It's becoming appointment television. And then you brought up Slumdog Millionaire. I'm trying to remember the year, but you were probably really young. Jared, Ted, I'm I'm sure you remember when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out. For sure. First summer with Regis Philbin. That I remember. That literally was appointment television like that I forget if it was like Sunday nights like that was a huge deal almost maybe what uh, Jeopardy James is turning Jeopardy into right now Oh
0: there's no doubt that was a that was a national phenomenon and you called it perfectly because they started out I think it was Sunday nights and it was just once a week it became so big I think they were putting it on every night of the week yeah. they at least I had a two or three week season, stretch
2: like I, I remember doing whatever we were doing cuz it was during the summer so you know people were off school or whatever Go do whatever you did on a Sunday, and people, we made sure you had to be home at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or whatever to watch Regis Philbin and Millionaire. That's that was cool.
0: That's my wife's daily routine, talk about uh, appointment television. She does some work around the house, and by lunchtime, she makes herself a sandwich, eats some cottage cheese, and watch Daytime Millionaire.
2: So, so it's still on. Is it new episodes?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have they have daytime host. I can't remember who's hosting it right now. Meredith Vieira hosted it for a while. It's okay. uh, Chris Hardwig, I think, maybe, is the host.
2: Do you, Jared, do you remember that, or were you too young
0: with Regis? Yeah, way too young. I, I know. I know
1: Regis from you know Regis and
0: Kelly, which yeah. is a great show. Yeah.
1: My mom used to watch. It. I used to watch it with my mom. Yeah. Um. I think you might be getting to this, but Avengers Endgame, it's coming for Avatar. It uh, is second on the second on the box office right now, just past Titanic. Oh
0: yeah, you're right. The second weekend pulled in almost a hundred and fifty mil, and uh, yeah, they just passed Titanic. I can't believe Avatar though is number one of all time. <laughs> well, you that,
2: have to think like this is like cumulative right so right i mean End endgame's only been out for two weekends
0: exactly already
2: basically right there avatar i mean that's like all, their all-time earnings or whatever so you would have to think that you know endgame would surpass avatar but you know i i was always avatar was cool i didn't i was never like blown away by it but at the time i feel like it was like a pretty groundbreaking you know film as far as Special like technology effects, yeah. the 3d and you know everything like that but you know so maybe that came into play
0: i got to ask you this, Jared. Uh, I did watch Avengers Endgame. I wasn't tuned into all of the uh, superhero films <laughs> leading up to it, but I see on Netflix the previous Avengers. What was that called? Uh, uh, Infinity War. Is there anything I need to know before I tune into that now that I've watched this last one? No.
1: It, I mean, ideally you would have
0: watched that one before
1: know, you watched this I one, but no. no. It, that one's, I probably like that one. I don't know. They're both very good. I, uh, I, something I just kind of want to ask you guys' takes, so I don't know if you guys have seen the trailers for them, uh well detective pikachu is actually out right now uh I this, can't these, wait. these movies that are about video games and there's also a trailer for sonic the hedgehog uh matt those are both kind of your generation what are your thoughts on those movies that are coming
2: i was i was never a pokemon guy i'm not taking a shot at people that were um or are but i was never a pokemon guy so the whole pikachu thing, i the card game even the video games i I never understood it never got it just 100 percent was never my thing Sonic the Hedgehog, though, I mean, that was, I, I think I tweeted it out, that that was, like, that was one of the games to play when I was a kid growing up on Sega. So um, Sonic the Hedgehog, I, that there was it was a blast playing Sonic, you know, running around, and Sonic and Tails was the, his, uh, like, sidekick. So the movie, I, I mean, I guess it looks, I think it looks cool. People are hating on the way that Sonic looks.
1: Something about human teeth or something? They literally are going to redo how he looks. The really? director came out and said they're going to re oh. redo it. Wow. Uh, it, so, wait,
2: they're, you said they're going to redo it? Yeah, it's so literally it's like, they are the whole movie? I, th-
1: they said they got a lot of work to do in the tweet. It's official. They're going to try to re- revamp what he looks like huh, because the complaints were so bad.
0: Let me ask you guys a, a flat-out question, though. You're talking about these video games being turned into movies. Are are you actually at all interested in watching I, the, the movie? Detective
1: Pikachu movie, I'm actually very Detective intrigued. Detective Pikachu. Ryan Reynolds is voicing
0: just a spot
1: on uh, <laughs> casting. Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu. Just That's awesome. Wow. And, 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 and that movie looks great. Like We talk about the CGI with Sonic looks terrible. This With Detective Pikachu, the ratings are good. The CGI looks really good. And a lot of people are actually saying that that might be what stops Avengers Endgame from beating Avatars because there's a good movie right behind you it. You
0: know, you kind of guilted me to go see Avengers Endgame. I'm glad I did. I probably am not going out to see <laughs> Pikachu. I'm just going to be frankly honest with you there. Hey, before we wrap up this segment, uh, Jared, this probably falls in your book too. Maybe, maybe Matt as well. You guys like rom-coms right oh yeah yeah is would you call this one uh long shot with seth rogan and Charlize the uh, have you seen that yet i really
1: you? want to see it i have the reviews on that one are also very good. it does
0: look good to me and, mm-hmm. and and let me tell you Charlize has got to be one of the finest looking women of all time i really <laughs> think so and she's not she's not in your age group jared but Man, that is one fine-looking woman. She's also kind of, have you seen Mad Max Fury Road, where she's kind of not. a badass in that movie? Yeah, yeah.
2: She's good-looking in that movie.
0: And she's kind of a badass in real life. I've heard her in a couple different Howard Stern interviews, and she's, she's solid. I like her. Also, I don't know if you guys watched Saturday Night Live last night. I've made it to Weekend Update. I've got the rest on my DVR. But Adam Sandler back hosting. Uh, the first 45 minutes were tremendous, and I guess at the end he does a Chris Farley tribute song that uh, is quite touching. Do you, I was actually I, I had this written down as well. I was curious if do you guys still watch SNL? I
1: do. Do you DVR it? I do. So it's Sunday morning
0: viewing. Pretty much. <laughs> Sunday morning or sometimes Sunday afternoon or evening even. I mean, it, it it doesn't have to be. I usually watch it within a day from when it's on. Let's put it that way.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I watch SNL like if, if the guest host or the music guest is, is good. I did mean to watch uh, last night's because of Adam Sandler, but we were watching the Zac Efron, it was it, Bundy movie. It was
0: very good. I won't give you too bad of a spoiler alert, but they had one sketch where uh, Adam Sandler went back to his family reunion, and they had all the characters were acting like Adam Sandler. Oh, my God. It was funnier than hell.
2: That would be good. And it's funny, like, I, I don't know if you guys saw, he, he said that the reason why, I think this was his first time going back since, like, it was. whatever he stepped away from the show, he said that he just, I don't know if he was joking, but he said that he didn't think he was quick enough anymore, you know, like, as far as a comedian, like, did he... Do well, like I mean, was his performance good?
0: I thought well, like I said, I saw forty-five minutes. Usually, that's when you get the cream of the crop of the best sketches. Anyway, before update, uh, yeah, I thought it was very good. I thought he he very solid. His opening was uh, he sang a song about getting fired in the uh, the original days, you know. And, and Chris Rock came out and joined him. It, it was good.
2: I am I am curious. There's just I know we're trying to wrap it up, but yep. I mean Adam Sandler. That I feel like that's another our, our generational talks. I mean, Adam Sandler, his movies, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, they were huge uh, when I was a mm-hmm. kid and growing up and everything. I, I think they're, like, timeless yeah. comedy movies. But, Jared, like, what do you – I feel like by the time you started probably getting into movies were, was when Adam Sandler I, – I like Adam Sandler. I think a lot of his movies are still funny. But when you were starting to watch was when those movies, like Grown Ups and some other ones, were coming out, funny people.
0: <laughs> or straight to, or straight to, to, to Netflix. Say that
2: Adam Sandler was losing his touch. So I guess, like, what is – as a younger guy, what's your kind of view of Adam Sandler?
1: I mean, I, I love Adam Sandler because, like you said, the movies that he's created are timeless. I kind of grew up on those. Honestly, you know, parents, I feel like they always kind of look for stuff that, you know, both the kids can enjoy and they can enjoy. So we always had those movies on DVD and like VHS or whatever Heavy mm-hmm. Gilmore and Billy Madison. I, I grew up, probably shouldn't have been watching them as a four and five year old, but I, that's what I watched. And so, yeah, like when when I see him making movies like Grown Ups 2 and Jack and Jill, and I do love the movie Just Go With It. I will say that. That's like probably the last good movie that I actually liked that I he's made. That. I haven't seen that one yet. It's got Brooklyn good Decker one. in it. It's Ooh. got Jennifer Aniston. Ooh, yep. solid. Solid cast. <laughs> I,
2: I like basically anything he does just because I, I, I like his comedy. Right. Are, are all of his movies as good as Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore? Probably not. But I, I just like him as that. I like the Grown Ups movies. I think they're funny.
0: The Water Boy. How can you beat the Water Boy? Yeah.
2: The Water Boy's great.
0: <laughs> I've got to tell you a little bit about my day yesterday. I kind of prefaced it a little bit. Uh, watched that 3.30 game. As soon as that game got over, my wife was in the mood for a movie, so we flipped it over to HBO On Demand and came across Crazy Rich Asians. And, uh, you know, I'd heard about that when it was out at the theaters. Did did you guys see it in the theater? Or... I
1: didn't see it in the theater. I saw it... Uh... Maybe or maybe not illegally on my uh, iPad.
0: Okay. Well, I know you. You know, I've, I've teased you about this, and it's really not teasing because I think everybody likes a good rom-com, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. This was pretty good, I thought, and and the overall concept of the movie. You know, this college professor in New York, New York University, hooks up with this rich guy, the, one of the richest guys in the world she did not know that until she went to meet the family and all the hijinks that took place on that trip. It is a, it's an excellent movie. I would give that, I don't know what our, what our grading scale is here, but we've been doing the three, three thumbs up. I'd give it three thumbs up. Solid movie. My
1: mom loved it. It wasn't one of my favorite rom-coms that I've seen. I don't know. Just, I mean, we do rom-coms do kind of steal a lot from each other, but it kind of just reminded me of coming to America, except they actually, like, went back to how wherever, did, how, Ed, Eddie Murphy or...
0: How did wrong? you like, though, the way that they portrayed just how stinking rich these people were? Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to Thailand for this exclusive wedding. And Matt, I, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you? I have not. I think you and your wife would enjoy it, but, I mean, the, the, the it was pretty well done, and the wedding scene alone and the bachelor parties they had was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it was a well-done movie, I thought, so I'd, I'd give it a high high ranking. Now, Jared's favorite movie, I know he must have already seen it, Detective Pikachu?
1: I've not oh, seen it boy. yet. No.
0: <laughs> it almost got The Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. They uh, Pikachu racked up 58 million and uh, Endgame 63.1. Now, it was their third weekend, but uh, uh, that shocked me. So, I'm it,
2: telling you that the Pikachu following, that it's like a cult following. So that actually it doesn't surprise me.
1: I bet you did really well like in China too.
0: Pokémon's huge in China. Oh, it's got China, Japan, yeah. anywhere in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to go see it in the theater, Jared?
1: I was I was planning on it, not going to lie. Uh I love Ryan Reynolds, but when the reviews, you know, it's getting good reviews like 60% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. 60, and I don't love 60%? Rotten tomatoes. That's not Rotten that. Rotten good. Tomatoes will kind of mislead you sometimes. Sometimes. Um
0: you got to kind of average the critics get, and the and the fans, But right? to
1: get me out of my and maybe this is you know that's just how Gen Zers are ruining everything. It takes a lot to get me to go to the theater when yeah. I can watch basically everything on on your devices on Netflix or whatever. I mean, there's abundance of stuff on Netflix. So. Yeah.
0: Well, I did I did go to the movie to see the Avengers. I will not be going to see Pikachu. I can tell you. Uh,
2: I saw we we went to one of the things we did yesterday for Mother's Day there was there's an aquarium in one of the malls up here so we went to the aquarium but we were walking around and there's a movie theater there also so you know outside of movie theaters they have all those like huge cardboard cutouts of like the movies you whatever you can do like put your head in the cutout yep. or you know whatever the movie is they had a Pikachu one that like I thought, I had to laugh it's not my thing so I mean if it's if you're into it that's cool I was just laughing cuz there were some kids like teenagers staying in there and they brought up i think they had like pokemon go up you know that app that game that was huge for a while right and you could take a picture with the cardboard cutout and then like pikachu in the app was like dancing around you so you could like record it or take a picture of it and you're like with pikachu and
0: are we going to see matt burns <laughs> on uh, three point podcast twitter with that uh, picture maybe
2: <laughs> I did not do that. I was going to say I pictured Jared doing that with okay. his buddy. <laughs> and, you know, There's yeah, a relax. shot.
1: There's well, a shot. Coming from, are you planning another trip to Disney here coming up? I think you just tweeted about it today, like counting down six yeah. weeks to Disney. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're going in about, yeah, six weeks. The end That's of all that
1: place is, is that sort of stuff. It might not be Pokemon, but it's Frozen and Lilo and Stitch and stuff. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch, I like it. <laughs>
2: it's a magical place, Jared. You got to go, and you'll, you'll realize it.
1: <laughs> I've went when I, I think when I was age appropriate like your daughter is but I feel like you get I I just kind of like to picture your family like uh your daughter's like well we're going to Disney again like can't we go somewhere else you're like and Matt is uh, just like oh I love this place this place is awesome uh,
0: I'm on Matt's side on that I mean even if you if you take kids you're going to have a good time it doesn't matter
2: it's so fun
0: yeah uh also guys I don't I don't know about you too you, you know I probably watch network television more than both of you guys, but there are certain shows I really enjoy. I watch a lot of it with my wife. I probably use my DVR for network shows more than anything because of the commercial situation. But uh, Big Bang Theory, they're having their series finale coming up Thursday night. CBS uh, staple. 2008, little sidebar. We went to California on a family trip. We were hooked up to go to the CBS studios and we had our choice. It was the first year of Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men. And we chose Two and a Half Men, so we got we got to watch a filming of one of the episodes of Two and a Half Men, and uh, got a backstage tour. Saw, saw Charlie Sheen hitting on some hooker in the back. I mean, it was it was a great experience. But uh, you got to give credit to Big Bang Theory. I don't know if you guys you had to have watched it before, right?
2: Oh yeah, that's I haven't watched a ton of it uh, like live. You know, like when it's new. Mm-hmm. I probably reruns. Well, maybe except for the last couple seasons. But I've seen basically the whole series, you know, on TBS or Fox or whatever. Um I did actually I, – I forgot that this was the final season because I did actually mean to, like, tune in to, to the final season. I want to see how it wraps up. So
0: Series finale. Thursday, May sixteenth.
2: So, have you been watching the whole se- this season?
0: We've watched we've watched every season from the beginning. <laughs> so,
2: so, is it good? Is this season still good? Oh yeah. It, that, that, like, is it time to go?
0: Nah, it's probably time. But there really hasn't been an episode where I would say it jumped the shark. And you guys know where the term "jump the shark" came from? Jaws. Uh, no, it's a TV term. Now, when a, when a TV series goes bad, they call it "jumping the shark," and this goes back. Back in my day, back way before you guys, but I'm sure you've seen reruns of Happy Days, right? Yeah. There was an episode where Fonzie in his leather jacket was on skis and he jumped a ramp and jumped over a shark. And that term now is it's it's in pop culture. When a TV series when they start it, when it starts sucking and they need to go, it's called jumping the shark. And I don't think Big Bang Theory ever jump the shark there's not many series that go the duration and are good from beginning to end and i think big bang theory is one of them and then they've you know they've uh, had the spin-off young sheldon Dear which God. is which is <laughs> funny too we oh, watched that one
1: of course you watch that weird show oh my
0: <laughs> now listen how
1: about oh, well sorry how about you thinking it was like such a mischoice, like two and a half men and big bang theory those are both two trash shows the, the you're, trash part, shows. You're, part, you're part of the live audience cracking crack it up at oh it was funny old reruns of jokes
0: so you're saying two and a half men in its prime with charlie sheen wasn't a oh, funny show uncle
2: charlie's with with a girl again uh,
1: i he, never watched it
0: well it was a good show
2: uh, uh, i like i like two and a half men and big bang theory
0: thank you middleman matt on my back and by the way i should also throw out again this is a generational thing. Obviously, people aren't going to agree with me, especially Jared's age. But I think there's old farts that are my age that might watch these shows. Speaking of, uh, speaking of old, this is another big story coming up, guys, on network TV, which I'm really excited about. You both know the shows, All in the Family and The Jeffersons.
1: Yep, I've heard of them. I've heard, heard of, of them. Don't know anything about well, them.
0: All in the Family was the one starring. It was Archie Bunker. Okay, totally politically incorrect. And uh it's gonna star they're gonna do a live presentation. Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker and Marissa Tomei as Edith. I am really looking forward to it. Jimmy Kimmel's the producer of it, and that's gonna be on ABC May twenty first, or twenty-second rather. And then the Jeffersons as George Jefferson, Jamie Foxx, Wanda Sykes as his wife Wheezy, Will Farrell plays Tom Willis. Mark it down. It's gonna be epic. It's gonna be live. So it's going they're gonna present it. Exact scripts from the show like it's a play, and now, they got to memorize is all the, the Je- lines. Is the
1: Jeffersons, like that Martian, like cartoon. No, what's Je- that?
0: Jeffersons, the theme songs <laughs> the moving Jets- on up. Oh, the Jetsons, that's that <laughs> okay. sounds <laughs>
2: confusing. <laughs> all
0: right, uh, one other thing oh, before
2: wait. Are, are those shows so they're going to be like actual shows or is it like a uh, tribute? Or you know, No, like...
0: no, they're actual shows. Word for word from the script back from the seventies. Oh, nice!
2: That'll be kind of cool. For yeah, for people who watched it.
0: Absolutely. Even if you haven't watched it, I think you'll get a kick out of uh, out of seeing it with, uh, you know, like I said, the stars like Woody Harrelson and Jamie Foxx. I'm I'm looking you, forward to that are one. Are
1: there no original ideas anymore?
0: Yeah, you're right. Both in TV and movies, right?
1: I mean, it's the reason that we've moved on from those shows.
0: Well, I was going to tell you about one more network one. Uh, 1969. It's a docu series that's been on. They've they had one episode on the moon landing in 69, Charles Manson in 69, Chappaquiddick. Do you even know what that is? No. Nope. That's uh, Teddy Kennedy it was at a big party over in uh, off the coast of Massachusetts, and he was taking, a, taking one of his secretaries home. There was, there was a controversy about maybe some hanky-panky and drinking, and he went off the bridge, killed her, and he got off scot-free. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I've heard something about that, like the Kennedys sweeping a lot of stuff. Yeah. On the
0: there was road. a movie on Netflix, too, uh, on Chappaquiddick, but that, it's a pretty good series, 1969. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes, and you heard my story about watching Game of Thrones live and uh, recording the end of the basketball game. I don't know what you think, Jared. I, I, was, I was pretty happy with it. It was an action-packed episode. I don't know all the backstory like I haven't watched every season but I mean it was there was a lot of action if you want to see dragon action this one had all the dragon action you could want it sounds like a personal problem (laughs) and one thing you definitely learn you don't want to piss off the dragon queen Danny she was uh, getting some revenge and Mm -hmm. boy she 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 got her revenge didn't she
1: she did uh the reason you like this episode you don't See, I read uh, Twitter thread. Okay. I'm so kind of like an expert on, you know, how things are written. Yep. Uh, so I, let me just read to you why this last se- this last season a lot of people haven't liked. I will agree that I did like the episode, uh, but then it's so, like, this so I've kind of felt this whole season. I watched the episode, I like it, then I get on Twitter and people are, nothing, nothing goes on like- Everybody seems to hate it. Yeah. Everyone- season. And it's like, I'm not sure if that's just everyone kind of piling on it after- It had to be such a good show, like this final season, to really meet everyone's expectations. But when everyone's able to point out all the stuff like a Starbucks cup and (laughs) just all the stuff that they've kind of messed up like in this season. Uh, But back to what I was saying. So the reason this this season has felt a little different than the other ones is because it has to do with the the behind-the-scenes process of plotters versus pantsers. If you're not familiar with the distinction... Plotters create a fairly detailed outline before they commit a single word to the page. This is about writing a story, by the way. Okay. Uh, Pantsers discover the story as they write it, often treating the first draft like one big elaborate outline. The problem with pantsers is that it creates very realistic characters, but it can be very hard to wrap up all the different characters' stories in a significant manner. So that's what we're running into here. George R. R. Martin wrote all these books. You know, like I think it's like he wrote like the first
0: three seasons, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's all
1: and it's just a. they're all thousand-page books, you know, really diving into each thing, and it's just basically is that they've opened up too many cans of worms for this show to really be able to end it successfully with everyone being happy with every single character's arc.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Now, last night's episode, were there any of the the things that happened? Like, and I I don't know all the characters' names when the the two brothers fought it out. You know, that was a the wild
1: and. Um...
0: The dog or something? The hound. The hound. <laughs> the dog.
1: See, that's the thing. And we were talking about it at Mother's, Day's, uh, at Mother's Day, our dinner in Frankenmuth, is that our family, I'm really not much of a Thrones expert. I've seen season seven, and I've seen the what we've seen so far. And I've season. watched just this season. And But my brother and my dad are both big-time Game of Thrones fans, so they get mad at me when I try to act like an expert. So I'm not saying that. <laughs> and there's a bunch of stuff that I probably say wrong. One thing I do know, I do know what, a good, what entertaining television is, and that was what last night's episode was it was entertaining
0: yes i'll give you that for sure and uh it's going to be interesting now matt i know you're not you haven't watched it maybe somewhere down the line you'll you'll check it out uh final episode coming up next sunday night i don't know is it going to be a two-hour blockbuster or is it hour and a half hour and a half i believe yeah so it'll be very interesting because the whole the whole key to the ending is who is going to be king or queen and sit on the iron throne right Mm -hmm. yeah you have a you have a guess here
1: I just don't want it to be. I kind of hate Danny. No,
0: I don't think it's going to be Danny. I think it's either going to be Jon Snow or Tyrion.
1: I would love it if it's Tyrion. Somehow that's, Tyrion. I, that's kind I of what I'm thinking. It. I feel like Tyrion's probably going to die though.
0: Because well, right now you think he is, right? Yes, he's he's, he's on death row right
1: yeah, now. He <laughs> let his brother loose after he was captured. I just and that's a that's a problem a lot of people had with the episode is that Cersei, who's been the main villain for like basically the whole first seven seasons, yeah. died really in a not or
0: did she? Uh, but we, saw that, we saw the rubble. And that's what I mean. We it's saw like, the rubble. But...
1: It wasn't a satisfying death. No. It wasn't, you know, Danny didn't have her dragon, you know, light her on fire or anything. She died from rubble.
0: Well, I saw some other Twitter things, too. Where they, she has this dragon, and she's just massacring this whole city of a million people. Why didn't she just take it right to the tower? Yeah,
2: that's what we were saying <laughs> when we were watching. It felt kind of stupid to have her take out the civilians.
0: Matt, you still awake?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why you guys like a show about dragons so much.
0: Dragons are cool.
2: I mean, I tell you what, it's a
1: well-made show. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you're watching, and those—I mean, the dragons—pretty awesome how it's able to just devour an entire city, basically. And I was actually listening to this. I so the Ringer actually wrote a piece about those like medieval crossbows that they used to take down the first dragon. Right. That would just—that's not possible. There's no way it would fly like that. that. Yeah, it would not fly like that. No.
2: Um, It's just. I've I've seen some clips. The dragons do look pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I, I'll, honestly, I don't think I'll ever watch the show, just because it's so long. But yeah, I'm wondering, so you guys are kind of talking about the, or especially Jared, talking about the ending. You guys both were Sopranos people, and that was a controversial ending. But you guys both said you like the ending of Sopranos. Mm-hmm. So yes. do you think there's any way you kind of go the other way, and you both hate the ending of Thrones?
0: I probably don't have enough intelligence to, to really have much of an opinion. I'll, I'll see. I don't think I will hate it. I feel like the way that
1: they've – and this is the complaint that everyone's had. They've rushed this final season. That's what I hear. The the showrunners were offered to do two seasons, and they decided that it's always a 70-hour show, which that didn't really make a lot of sense to me considering how much effort's gone into the books. How about this for a potential? What if George R. Martin, once he finishes the book, they reshoot it? Like Let's say that he ends the books in an awesome way, which if I was him, I wouldn't even end these books. There's no good way to end it, Um, and it seems like a ton of work. He drives a Tesla, by the way nice podcast I listen to looked uh, do look that up the other day uh but <laughs> what if what if he writes the books it's a great ending they decide to reshoot it in you know a few years
0: huh? i don't new know ending? well Did i don't you hate that yeah i don't think they'll do that i think what they would tend to do more is just write another episode you know maybe maybe a spin-off character or something you know and i don't know if, hey,
2: you can't like redo the ending
0: i don't think so either
1: i guess why why not
0: well you technically you could but i don't think anybody's ever done it have they you point out one one time in entertainment when they've rewritten something and with a new ending. They've done it before in test audiences and changed the ending. Yeah, I know saw they've done the that.
1: Sonic, uh, what the Sonic little guy looked like in the trailer. They changed <laughs> right, it. Right, right.
0: But they changed it before it was released. Will it make money? Before it was do released. It would,
1: do you think it would make money?
0: Oh, sure, probably. Do you
1: think the HBO would sign off on something that would make money?
0: But I just don't think they would ever do it. They, the, the only way it would make money... You're, so you're saying they would rewrite the entire final episode with a different Not ending?
1: Not the final season. Final Go season. back, do it the right way. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying
2: I would love to see it. Well, I guess. They'd I'd be like That'd be like if the NFL, like if there was a, a laugher of a Super Bowl, you know, like a few years ago, that, that Super Bowl, that was a blowout. If after that they were like, you know what, that wasn't there, very entertaining. Let's play the Super Bowl again and try and have a more entertaining Super Bowl.
0: Jared knows how I like to jump on sure things. You want to bet on it? I don't think they're going to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you'll – there's
1: never like an end date where you can say that they're never going to do it again. Well, they're probably in make the make next the 10 years. Well,
0: they got to do it while the cast is still relatively that? resembles I love that,
1: it. that comparison. Dragons to real life. I love it. You've been mocking us about this whole dragon thing, and that's <laughs> the comparison you bring
0: out. <laughs> he just likes dogging on that show with the dragons. It's pretty hey. good. We, like we talked about in the past, though, it's an HBO yeah. series, so it can't be bad. It really can, and it's and not. You
2: know, you know it's going to be
0: good. That's right. All right, well, you know, I don't know how many people out there enjoy t- entertainment tonight, but if you do, send your thoughts and comments. Well, even if you don't, send thoughts and comments to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 3 Point pot.
1: So the finale of the Game of Thrones happened, and people are just irate on Twitter. And to describe how it felt for my family, so right when the episode ended, uh, normally, like the showrunners will have like their after the episode chat or whatever. We sat there and watched like three or four minutes of HBO commercials, you know, sh- showing us like Barry, uh, VP, uh, like all the other HBO shows that they have. And then when it was over and the screen went to black and we realized that the episode was over, we just sat there in silence <laughs> for maybe two or three minutes. My brother Josh, who's the biggest Game of Thrones fan I know, literally fell asleep in during the episode. It, asked, he had to watch it this morning.
0: You know, and I—I'm not the biggest Game of Thrones fan in the world, but it was a little slow. I mean, I thought that they—they they closed out most of, most of the storylines, okay, but it was a little slow. Uh, were you a little bit surprised on who was named uh, the the new king, if you will? Well, there was spoilers got out a couple
1: like a couple weeks before that, and all of a sudden, Bran's odds just dropped like dramatically. He was like minus 400 by the mm-hmm. time the episode aired, and. When you live in Twitter and you're on Twitter all the time and social media, Instagram, you're going to run into a spoiler here and there. Right. So I knew that he was kind of, you know, the favorite going into the episode. But it still surprised me a little bit. It just and just the way they did it, like basically having like some sort of like electoral college or something. That's not the right word. Electoral college is like well, they, had they the- used to like elect a president. But some sort of like group gathering to, to decide that he's going to be the king.
0: Yeah. They had the lords and the ladies, I guess, yeah. that, if, you, if you will, kind of sit on a panel. Are you still with us, Matt, by the way?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing, like, it's been great epic battles is what this show is all about, right? And obviously the dragons. So there wasn't, like, this huge, crazy epic battle that wrapped the whole show up?
1: No. And
2: I thought that's the route it would have went.
1: And the dragon even – so get this. This, is, this will just describe this episode to you in one scene. So the main – two main characters, Jon Snow and Danny, uh, like the, the Mad Queen is what she ended up being known as at the end of the show – Jon Snow kills her, and then her dragon comes up and senses that she's dead. And instead of, like, trying to kill Jon Snow, who killed Danny, the dragon somehow understands, you know, corruption and power, how it can corrupt, decides to, like, melt the Iron Throne, which is what everyone's trying to sit on. You know, at the end, that's what everyone was talking about, who's going to end up on the Iron Throne. So somehow this dragon yeah, was able it to, down. <laughs> to comprehend that <laughs> this is why his, like, rider, his, like, founder, his leader, I guess, like, died.
0: Well, I think the drag, this is so weird I'm talking about a dragon. The dragon also is aware of Jon Snow and his his ranking, right? Because Jon Snow is the only other person that can ride dragons, right? I guess. That was the thing. It's like he- Jon Snow is the rightful heir to the throne, you know, because right. he's a
1: bastard kid. But, yeah, we- <laughs> like it had no effect on the show whatsoever. <laughs> it's it just there's a lot of stuff that they didn't wrap up good. And the showrunners, they're-, they're going on to Star Wars. They're directing the next, like, trilogy of Star Wars movies. So a lot of people are angry thinking that that's why they didn't want they didn't wrap it up, you know, take the proper amount of time that it took to really do this show like justice. And and there's like a petition going around. It's got like over four hundred thousand signatures of people wanting to redo I this think it's season. over a million. I oh, think it's I over, a million. over a million. So it must have really jumped up since I checked a couple days ago after this last
0: episode. People are just they that's ludicrous number 1 that's never going to happen i understand the frustration but a better solution would be they'd left they left the show a little open ended there there are storylines they could continue on and uh, and maybe do a whole different spin on things, don't you think? I mean, you got Area. she's going out west and trying to explore out there. You got Jon Snow, who was sentenced to what do they call that big wall thing? Just so they can
1: what? Screw up the ending again?
0: Well, no, have a whole just start over. First off, just I, start over. I
1: kind of understand the you know it's kind of dumb to sign a petition, but when you put ten years of your life into watching a show, and they just decide that because they have bigger and better things to move on to, that they're they're. They've it served their purpose in their own life, these showrunners' life, that they're going to move on to Star Wars and other things. They just completely, pretty much, just ruined this entire show for you. The show that brought you so much entertainment every Sunday night for, since 2011. I, it's not like you. you. You just started watching. You know, on uh, you basically binge watched it. It's, it's maybe a week of your time. You, you're not angry. You probably loved the episode last night. No, no, just, I was
0: going to tell you. I didn't love it. I, like I said, it was uh, it was a bit slow. It it didn't break my heart because I hadn't. I haven't. You know, put 10 years of my life into it. So uh, I'm not that sold into it. But I thought they closed up most of the storylines that I had been following this year. I think the only thing on this season that I had the biggest problem with the two best episodes were the two major battles. The one mm-hmm. you, you couldn't hardly see, but it was still a major battle. The whole show pretty much was that battle. And then, you know, the dragon queen just totally destroying that city. That was intense too. But all the other episodes were not, you know, they were kind of meh. You, as and Matt you, would and say. the thing
1: that bothered me is that all the actors, like um Tyrion Lannister Peter Dinklage is his name like all of those guys they were all like shitting on the show like oh they that are? it was bad like w- in the middle of the season like right. they've all done it said right. that it's horrible
0: I didn't know so it's dead.
1: like I, I kind of see their point because it was very bad but it's also like this is kind of your show maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe if you were more positive about it, you can kind of control the narrative and it wouldn't be hated as much as it is wow
2: didn't you just start watching the show season seven Jared yes so you haven't put 10 years in. Well, I mean
1: 3 years.
0: His brother. I'm i not,
1: I wasn't referencing I was just saying that people have put 10 years into it and I see their point of view, the people that have signed the petition. I have not signed the yeah. petition. Are you that, I know
0: people who have. Are you that upset with this season that it it was that bad? It wasn't it wasn't entertainment. And I'm you a, like to say when I get critical on a movie or something. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> I, when people are, are you, outraged, I, I will go join along them with it. All right.
2: I have a voice. I do think they could do a off though i obviously don't know much about the show but like yeah i was gonna ask you if that was true i heard that the writers signed on with you know with disney to do star wars so people are saying that's why they rush through the season so you definitely it sounds like you think there's something to that but like i don't know what the rights are with game of thrones but if they could like give the rights away to a new writer you know a new group or whatever and they could do a spinoff maybe that would be a way to like get well, th- the fans back into it but I, I definitely don't think, you know, sign the petition, that's cool, but you can't, like, use the men in black, like, the flashy light thing and erase this season from people's memory and just redo it, you know?
1: Yeah, and the thing I, that worries me and what really ticks me off is that they had one shot with this acting crew. The acting crew that's, like I said, been around for 10 years. That's true. And they blew it. They really did. Yeah. And, and, you know, man in the arena, I get all that. Like, let's see you wrap up the show any better. I honestly think... That if you gave me their rough outline, I could have made a couple of changes here or there that would have made this show, this last season, like 10 times better.
0: So would you rank this? I mean, you're still a young guy. Matt, you've been around longer than Jared, and I've been around the longest. When you look at a series finale wrap-up, and you're obviously upset about this one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't very good. Does any other series that you were tuned into that wrapped up? uh you like lost. lost horrible okay
1: lost was probably even worse purgatory i even made a joke right before this episode like oh they're all just gonna end up being in purgatory the thing that people keep throwing around like the seinfeld ending was that like actually that bad it was bad it what re- was it that yeah, was
2: i'm on the other side of that i didn't was that of course bad. I, I thought it kind of like went with the show a show about nothing they just end up sitting in a jail cell and that's it
0: yeah I'd have to watch it again to refresh my memory, but I know I was pretty disappointed at the time. Yeah. uh we've talked about the sopranos that's got mixed reviews. I happen to like it. I think you liked it yeah, too, I liked didn't it you, Jared too. it was it was kind of a neat way to end it where you it just went to your imagination what happened to Tony and the rest of the crew. Some of the better ones I thought were like breaking bad. I thought that ended really good, yeah, that's always the one that's thrown out there yeah uh, other good ones Mary Tyler Moore Show. I mean I'm it's more, reality, right. No, it's oh. a sitcom. It's more Oh, it was a sitcom. Oh, yeah, okay. it was a sitcom. And I, and I'm more of the sitcom guy of the bunch here and we'll keep moving along here on Tether Entertainment tonight since we're <laughs> we're rolling was, through this. I was
2: going to say I was just going to make a comment about Thrones real quick if we're moving on from Thrones. Yes. So I was I was talking to some buddies who also don't watch it. We weren't like sitting there like giggling or like we weren't like laughing about we are the ones that don't watch Thrones. We were just talking about this finale and how everyone is talking has this reaction like Jared does. I was just saying, like, if people are trying to sell Game of Thrones as one of the best series of all time, you know, trying to get some people like myself who didn't watch it, who haven't watched one episode, you know, trying to sell it. Like, people used to sell Breaking Bad. You've got to watch Breaking Bad. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. If people are trying to do that for Game of Thrones and also saying that the final season was absolutely awful and the season, the series finale is a complete train wreck, that is not the way to sell the series. If you're telling me the final season and the series finale is a train wreck, there's no chance I'm watching one episode of that show now.
1: I don't know. It's, it's more about, the journey. Said, it's more about the, the journey than it is this.
2: Incredible it's... series finale. Amazing. Oh, man, it was so good. That would make me like, okay, you know, if it was that good, maybe I'll start to tune in. But if the show wraps up like trash – I'm not going to spend 100 hours of my life watching it or whatever.
1: It's more about the journey than it is the uh, destination, Matt. Uh, <laughs> although the last season wasn't that good. It wasn't like it wasn't good for Game of Thrones standards. Like I think that's what's getting lost here. It wasn't good for Game of Thrones standards.
0: And and to bring up a term I used, I believe a couple pods ago, it jumped the shark leading into this <laughs> season, right? I mean, this season was they should have left after last season the way this season played out probably. They could have, they could have had those two battle scenes, maybe extended last season, and called it a series instead of hurrying it through this this season.
1: Yeah, that's the thing I don't get why, it, and maybe it is a Star Wars. Maybe the actors wanted to go could on be. to other things. I guess. Yeah. I mean, when you spend. 70 days on a battle scene that no one ended up being able to see. I right. can see how that might be frustrating, and you want to just get on and be somebody else other than Jon Snow. It's, it's pretty
0: surprising to me, though, that they would hurry through something that costs so much. I mean, it's still, the production values were still incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah,
2: You, if you've spent that much time and money on it, you've got to wrap it up correctly, I guess, right? I mean, you got to justify the whole series with a great last season. It seems like, do you guys think – Probably more Jared, just because Ted, you just started tuning in, right? Like now, knowing the final season, would you like if they would have in this like one-year break or whatever, two-year break they had? If you know the writer signed on with Disney, you know whatever, and they just all of a sudden were like, you know what, it's over. Like we can't do a final season. Do you think it would have been better off that way?
1: No, I just because then you just you would always wonder, you know, who would end up on. Th- you still feel kind of like accomplished. It's kind of weird how our brains are wired. Like you finish a show, you feel like you just like accomplish something. Right. When well, you get it over with. Yeah. It at is. least
0: they gave you some finality. I mean you yeah, know, exactly. You know how it ended, whether you liked it or didn't like it. At least you mm-hmm. know how it ended, right? Exactly. Yeah. And now yeah, you that's
2: know. kinda like I know this is you Jared's kinda ripping a little bit for watching this show, but <laughs> I, I really liked it. My wife and I and we watched it a lot. Uh The New Girl. And that's kinda how that series it's a that's kinda how it was going to go. They had a season that now the second to last season ended and all the actors they weren't for sure they were going to do one more final season and it was kind of like like if it wouldn't have done the final season i guess you we would have known like some stuff that probably happened but without that final season you know you got like you just said like you feel like it was accomplished now you know every, all the storylines are wrapped up you know whatever what their futures are going to be like so yeah like when it was like they weren't going to do that final season there was that feeling of
0: Man, what the hell? I, I don't I got to know what what ends up happening. So for sure, you know, and it, it, I am a sitcom guy. I like sitcoms. I'm a new girl. I enjoyed that show. I haven't watched it all yet. I haven't got back to, into it. You know how Netflix gets you on other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's a here's a segue for us. Big Bang Theory. You know, I like that show. I've watched every episode. Their series finale was perfect. I mean, they they closed every answer that we were looking for. You know, it was it was one of the all time greatest what do you want to call it ensemble group as far as a sitcom i mean you put it you have to put it right there with friends and seinfeld and the the way they closed it out was perfect and and on top of that you know they have the the spin-off show young sheldon <laughs> they tied they tied that all together on the follow-up show young sheldon so oh, cool. kudos there to cbs and how they did that
2: so I'm going to ask if you're comfortable with it, Ted. I'm yeah. going to be—I told you that I've, I've watched most of that show. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'll actually go back and watch this final season, sure. the series finale. If you're comfortable with it, I'm, I'm curious: what are those storylines? How they tied it off? They finally hopped on the elevator.
0: Well, that, elevator yeah, that, worked. I saw that. That's part of it. The elevator actually worked. Penny, she showed up in this episode for the first time. The elevator door opens, and she comes out and sees uh, Sheldon and uh, and Leonard. <laughs> and she says, Hey, let's use the elevator. It works. It hasn't worked during the entire series. Great. That was pretty cool the way they tied that in. Also, uh, uh, Sheldon and his wife were nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize in, uh, in chemistry. Okay. And they ended up winning. They got the call, they won. And uh, the whole crew went to Sweden to accept the award. So they tied that all together. I won't give all the details. And then also, Penny, you know who Penny is? Yep. Uh, her and her husband, uh, Sheldon there, or Leonard. not Sheldon, Leonard, it, they announced that they're expecting of their baby.
2: Okay, so all right.
0: So it, it all tied oh. together nice.
1: Well, now, why would Matt, why would he have been uncomfortable saying that?
2: Oh, you know, like with a spoiler, I guess it's been a couple weeks now since that one aired, but, you know, we talked. What was it after? Uh, oh, Avengers: Endgame. We didn't want to give away any spoilers. The se-
0: yeah, I think this, movies might be a little different. The second than TV. that we start
1: worrying about uh, spoiling Young Sheldon
2: is
0: the <laughs> moment that spoilers have gone too far. Hey, man, uh, Big Bang Theory—that that, that's a big deal. Hey, that's a, that was a great show, and I'm not ashamed at all to like it. It, it was well written. And uh, well-acted, so kudos to Big Bang for finishing up right. Here's one for you guys. I don't know if you had a chance. I was also on Netflix this week and decided to watch a movie, Black Klansman. Have you guys seen that one, a Spike Lee movie? Yeah, I have.
2: I saw a promo. I haven't watched it yet,
0: though. With Adam Driver. And... Adam Driver was great. Topher Grace played uh, KKK leader David Duke, directed by Spike Lee, nominated for an Academy Award. I don't know how I, how I... Criticize the movie without sounding racist, but I didn't see how that movie deserved an Academy Award nomination. It was good. It was entertainment. It was a decent movie, but to be nominated for Academy Award, I'm a, I am was a little surprised.
1: Spike Lee, he's never won a, um, I know Oscar, right? And, That's and correct. I, it's more of like, I feel like it's more of, it's like importance, I guess. You know what I mean? It's cultural importance. I don't yeah. know. It's message. I think that that had more to do with it than okay, and and
0: I won't be too critical on it. But I, you know, Spike Lee's movies, I guess. How would you describe them? Maybe not quirky, (laughs) but do you put them in kind of the same category as Quentin Tarantino? Well, they're
1: kind of yeah, they're kind of bizarre. Like he's got game. That's my number one complaint about that movie. It's it's like jazz throughout. Like that movie. Probably would have been 10 times better if there's, you know, some Tupac or Biggie or something like music within it. And just he does weird stuff like that that I don't like. And it's just a lot of the shots, like the cinematic shots. Like I know, like yeah. when they're having a speaker, I guess, at like the college, Colorado College. It's like they're showing different faces of people in the yeah, audience, yeah. like fading in and out. It's just kind of weird. Yeah,
0: I would say, Matt, though, if you ever get the time, it's worth watching. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a good movie it has a good statement and uh, some pretty good plot twist so I, i'd watch it. i
1: did like the uh joke from that movie when it's adam driver and uh, another white guy and then denzel washington's uh son who's actually the lead in that movie oh uh, I, I didn't realize yeah, that de- i was
0: trying to figure out who that guy was he was very good. john david washington he I think was, was outstanding his name or
1: something like that and um they're, like, talking about he's, like, trying to prove, like, how he's not, you know, racist. He's, like, he's, like, he loves, like, Kareem, loves Matt, like, loves, uh, <laughs> like, Magic. He's, like, I love OJ. Like, OJ's oh, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> That's right. They're, like, yeah, everyone loves OJ. That's just fine, funny. But.
0: Some other quick, t- quick hitters here, guys, uh, before we move on to sports talk. Uh, uh, the big promos coming with Aladdin and Will Smith. What do you think about oh. that and uh, remaking the movie in general?
2: Well, I'll, I can – answer that right away i'm i'm pumped for it i'm i'm a disney nerd obviously jared rips on me all the time for going to disney world but uh, i love the disney movies i mean i grew up with those like you know lion king aladdin those old ones i I love the new ones especially not like my daughter's watching them so it's fun uh I li- and i like the live action remakes that they're doing i thought they they've all been good the aladdin one people have been ripping it saying you know Will Smith was a bad choice because I feel like people are trying to compare him to Robin Williams and it's like this is the live action movies are completely different than the cartoons so I mean Will Smith he's not going to be Robin Williams like it's a completely different movie uh and I Will Smith's one of my favorite actors so when I saw he was going to play Genie I was pumped and the promos look great so I, I'm I'm pumped for it I don't know I'm, I'm curious to see what like if if it's like a different movie or because the Lion King one that's coming up almost looks like it's like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Aladdin looks like they did change some stuff up. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. So, yeah, I'm excited for it.
1: I know that, uh, I honestly thought that this looked terrible. Unbelievably, like, terrible. Like, the previews that I saw. I, I, I'm i actually surprised to see, like, a lot of the early, like, reactions to it are, like, actually positive. Uh, but it's no surprise that Matt likes, I mean, obviously, as you know, he's a Disney nerd. <laughs> and he grew, he's a 1990s kid. Any kid that grew up in the 1990s <laughs> thinks that Will Smith is, like, the best actor in the world just because of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I know it's not going to be a shot-for-shot shot, uh, remake, Matt. Uh, they changed, like, some of the songs, like, how they sound and stuff like that. And they yeah. added, like, a couple new characters and stuff like that.
0: Has it been rated by Rotten Tomatoes yet? No.
1: It's just, you know, some of the earliest, earliest, like, critics okay. have been able to rate it. But I don't know. It... I feel kinda of weird. I do like appreciate I did go see Beauty and the Beast. I love Beauty and the Beast. I did see the live action remake of that one, but I just Aladdin never really struck a chord with me when I was growing up. I don't know just something about it and was never really quite my movie.
0: I would I'm I'm not rushing out to go see it, but I think it would probably be a pretty entertaining movie and I'm also on Matt's side. Will Smith, I, pretty much everything he's in pretty damn good. Yep. So uh one I'm a little worried about, you guys know what a what a slappy I was for Bohemian Rhapsody. What do you think about the upcoming Rocket Man and what you hear, the Elton John story?
2: I mean, I've, I've heard, I think we talked about it maybe a little while ago, um, but I've heard it's a little iffy.
0: That's what I've heard, too.
2: I, I haven't read a ton about it, but the little bit I have has said it's it's not very good. So, yeah, that, that'd be disappointing. That's too bad. That, that has the potential to be a cool movie.
1: I thought so. I, yeah. I, I did say, I remember predicting that it was going to be better than Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll see. I saw the reviews as well. It's not looking that good. I'll watch Um, it, though,
0: because, I mean, the Elton John story is pretty good. And, I mean, face it, he's a superstar. There's no doubt. Tremendous music. You know who's a a superstar?
1: How about this for a segue, Ted? Go ahead. Um, (laughs) Lil Nas X recently just dropped his brand-new music video. This song's been out since, I think, December 2nd, 2018. It's taken over the millennials, taken over the Gen Zers. Everyone's listening to it. It's Old Town Road. It's a great song. It's what people like to call country rap is what it is. It's actually taken off the billboards. This is kind of old news. But the music video just dropped, and I just thought we need to I, we need to get our thoughts on the table about this song. It's absolutely fire in my opinion. I love it. The music video is incredible. Uh, Little lot Nas, Nas X is my favorite. I like Billy Ray Cyrus. Grew up watching Hannah Montana, uh, which his daughter was in, and he was in as well. <laughs> just a great, just a great
2: man. If you're if you're ripping on me for going to Disney World and being a Disney nerd, and you just got that excited about growing up on Hannah Montana. You you can't make fun of me anymore for being a Disney nerd.
1: The difference is you're 30. I was like 8. That's the (laughs) difference there. But I just, what are our thoughts? I mean, it had cameos from Chris Rock. Had These are a couple of guys I didn't know. Vince Staples, Rico Nasty Diplo. Uh we're all in the music video as well. What Diplo? Ted, wow. you said that you actually thought it was a good song which actually surprised
0: me. No, no, it's a good song. I think I saw him, I saw, I think I saw it performed on one of the award show I watched recently mm-hmm. too. It's not bad. Not bad.
2: Yeah, I was I I thought it was good. I thought it was good before Billy Ray Cyrus got into it, but uh <laughs> him him getting in and you know to get it back in the country Billboard or the country charts or whatever they had to do um I do. It made it better. One of the reasons he, like, hopped in is because, like, what song was it? Achy Breaky Heart? Yep, that was his. And when that came out, they said that wasn't country enough. So it was, like, at the top of the charts, and then they took it off the country charts. So, like, that's why he hopped on with him to, like, get it back in the country charts because he had the similar experience. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the song's great. I mean, some people are sick of it just because it's, like, now it's, like, kind of cliche that everyone likes it. But uh, that's what happens when my, music. my hot take about this topic is. It, it, Man, it bugs me. It gets me fired up. I'm actually glad that you brought that up because I've been wanting to bring it up on on the pod before. I worked at a store, FYE, in college for a few years. And if you guys don't know it, it's a, like a CDs, DVDs, like video games kind of store in the mall. Mm-hmm. And so CDs was like the biggest part. Um, and people would come in all the time. And now I've seen people say, like, whatever, on social media when they're talking about music, country music, rap, rap music, rock, whatever. And at the time... Taylor Swift was one of the biggest, she was up and coming. People didn't know who she was, but then she was in the country section and people would always come in and be like, "Why is this artist in the country section? She's not even country. Country is this." And they'd get so bent out of shape. But then with other artists, "Why is this why is this person in rap? Why is this person in rock? They're not true country. They're not true true rock." And I never understood that. It always like got my blood boiling like, "Why do you care so much?" if someone says they want to be country someone says they want to be rock if they want to be part of that like genre of music so like the the country like purist if you want to say that that got mad at this dude for you know a rapper a hip-hop artist trying to make a country song why is that that big of a deal like why do they get so mad about that well
1: even even though taylor
2: swift was a little more like poppy you know if she's saying she's country why the hell does it matter well, you like the music, you like the music, right?
1: Yeah. Well, let's give it a spin here. I think that Florida Georgia Line is, is rock and roll music. You what are your thoughts on that, Ted?
0: Well,
2: rock, kind of, real you know, rock and roll. are one of big ones, too. Like, a lot of the country peers are like, Florida Georgia Line or some of these other like country bands. They're not true country music. Who the hell cares, man? It's music. Just enjoy
0: it. Right up there with Queen and ACDC I, I know and way. I never thought. I never thought of it that way, but I do think that... You know, they're more of a rock act, and country has kind of, they've kind of evolved a little bit with the bands that have the guitars and the drums, and you know, they feature those instruments. It does become more rocky, but I would not say they're they're a rock. I th- I'd say they're country. It's just that country. You know, there's there's kind of like a country <laughs> rock. Here there's a, go. there's a category country <laughs> here rock, we go. right?
1: Well, there you have it. You would have a problem with it if I put it in the rock and roll section. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yep, I, my biggest would. point. I, I just like the people who get like mad you know, they can't stand Florida Georgia Lyon, Taylor Swift, whoever, or uh, Lil Nas for being, making country music, rock, whatever, and they, like, act like they're, like, the end-all be-all, like, they're at the pearly gates or whatever, like, making the final judgment of if something is country or rock, like, one, get off your high horse, it's just music, enjoy it, sit back and, you know, stop getting so mad, but, like country music it's, I, it's rock music like just have fun why well, do you care so much
0: well this is perfect for us to kind of wrap up our uh entertainment tonight i had some other things in the entertainment world before we get along with some more music talk i want to say rest in peace to tim conway you guys know who tim conway is he was a comedian on the carol burnett show hilarious guy look it up on on your computer sometime dorf on golf he had, a, he had a character that he played, this little short guy playing golf. Hilarious. He passed away. Uh, Doris Day from the 50s. Que sera, sera, dead at 97. Peggy Lipton of the Mod Squad. She was one hot mama back in the 70s. She passed away. But back to music. I, I got a couple things for you. Recently on Saturday Night Live, the Jonas Brothers. Okay, here's this old guy. But I actually enjoy their music. They they had a couple pretty good songs on uh, Saturday Night Live. What jo- you guys-
1: the Jonas Brothers are also a band that I grew up with. You know, they were on Disney Channel when I was, 8, yep. you know, eight, nine, ten. I love their music. They got some talent. I cannot be more ecstatic that they're making a comeback. Call me, you know, kind of girly or whatever you want to say. I love the Jonas Brothers.
0: Great band, music. Good music is good music, you know. I thought it's pretty good. There's a few ba- few boy bands from back in the '90s. I thought some had had some pretty good, pretty good <laughs> songs too. Like Backstreet Boys had a couple of good ones. And then Sync, yeah, Matt's Jimmy probably Timberlake. got a
1: few of their uh, CDs.
0: Sure, he does, right, Matt?
2: Backstreet Boys. That's what I mean. If you like the music, you like the music, right? Who cares if it's Jonas Brothers,
0: right? But I do have a question about this dude though. That's very popular though. We're recording here, and we have uh, Captain Eman, a DJ at uh, nightclubs in the area. DJ Khaled, is that how you say his name? Yes. What What the hell? Is, what is What is his talent? He's a producer. He's He's like a frontliner though. I mean, he He was the headline guest on Saturday Night Live, you know, and all these other rappers and John Legend come out, but so he's a producer, but he's in the limelight up front. Yes. He's, How's yeah, that work?
2: Was for a while there, and he was maybe one of the biggest ones, but there were all these like DJ guys coming out. Some of them would rap a little bit,
0: and he does a little, I guess.
2: Yeah, they were mostly producers, okay. and then they would, like, come in, DJ Khaled, you know, they'd do that on the track, right. and then they would, like, make the beats and the music, and then, you know, whoever would actually rap, but, but yeah, as far as them being the headliner, it's mostly, yeah, them about being, being a DJ, I mean, they're, they're mostly a DJ.
1: I know that he has been booed out of a concert before and had, like, tomatoes thrown at him, oh, because okay. he was yeah. apparently not very good in concert.
0: Yeah, just trying to figure out how he worked that whole angle to be. I mean, he, he's like an A lister, right?
1: Well, isn't it kind of. That's kind of what Dr. Dre, like, he doesn't write his own raps. He just. People write it for him, and he just oh, raps over. It's yeah, kind of the Dr. same Dre thing. He's is one it? of the
0: best rappers of all yeah, time. Yeah, so. I don't know enough about him, but obviously yeah, he's early, a big Early
2: 90s. He's, he's one of the best rappers of all time. Now, yeah, now he's mostly a producer, but.
0: No, he was always.
2: It,
1: he never. I don't think he, he ever wrote write it, his own. Yeah, at he all? didn't. He was the producer of, you know. N.W.A. Right. But, yeah, you, you but he didn't
0: he write the raps.
2: a lot of solo albums.
0: You don't think he did any of the lyrics himself?
1: No, I know. Like, in his most recent album, like, Kendrick Lamar and, like, Eminem oh, were writing, like, Okay, rap. his most recent.
0: Right. Well, I've pretty... been around a long time.
2: Yeah, he's been around a long time. I mean, he had The Chronic. He He had two. He, he's one of the best rappers of all time. He is now all, he's a producer. Yeah, he was part of N.W.A. and then a big part with, you know, Eminem. But, no, he has some of the biggest rap albums of all time of his own.
0: Yeah. Well, my favorite of all time is Eminem, but. That's about the extent of my rap uh, pleasure, uh, Matt. Jared's looking up uh, some information, and I don't want to let this segment go without your review of the big Bob, Bob Seeger and Grand Funk concert you had a chance to see.
2: Oh man! I mean, obviously, we talked about it the last time we went a few months ago, my wife and I, uh, to see Bob Seeger, and we uh, we I, I probably said it on the pod that like we were good with that one show. This is his final tour. We got to see him once, but he came through Charlotte, and we were like, man, come on. If he's coming through Charlotte, we can't turn this down. It's a venue that's like DTE or like Pine Knob, you know, like an outdoor amphitheater, you know. Right, Um, right. So perfect night. It was like 75, 80 degrees. The crowd, it was a good mix again of like people my age, but then, you know, people more your age, Ted, or like my parents' age, you know, just reliving their glory days watching Seeger again see everyone singing the songs and just having a blast and it was awesome so i didn't we didn't know grand funk railroad uh was opening but when we were in line you know at the ticket line we heard some people saying like yeah grand funk and I, I turned around and ask like is grand funk opening And they said yeah and i was like oh my god i like immediately text my parents because i mean my parents I, I know you know all about grand funk ted but uh, sure. i think they might my parents might like grand funk more than bob Seeger. probably not but like Bob Seger and Grand Funk—that's like what I grew up listening to, you know, like through my parents.
0: Well, so, did your parents were they did,
2: were did they fl- see them together, you know, in one show? I mean, it was honestly one of those like once in a lifetime moments. It was, it was really cool.
0: That's fantastic. Now, your parents were—are they Flintstones?
2: Yeah, they both went to uh, Flint Southwestern.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's where Grand Funk really is from, and I, th- this is just my statement on that. I remember Grand Funk Railroad; they were at the top of the list back in the '70s. I can't believe they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To be honest with you, they they should be in the Hall of Fame, and I bet I bet they played their classic hits, didn't they?
2: They did, yeah. And I, my parents have always said the same thing; they can't believe they're not in the, the Hall of Fame. But yeah, they played their hits. They they only played for half hour, right? But you know, they got their hits in. And it's only I think two of the original members anymore. I know like Mark right. Farner, uh, the you know the original lead vocalist, he's not in it. Don Brewer, the drummer, is still in it. I'm trying to remember the guy who was actually singing. I'm I'm blinking on his name right now. Um, oh, Max Carl. He yeah, he was the guy singing. I don't think he's an original. I mean, obviously, no. I'd, he's probably been around with them for a while. But they still sounded great, and they you know the the hits were still fun. Everyone in the crowd knew it. I hey I don't know. It was just a blast. You know, those concerts where you're, like, outdoors.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It
2: just makes it that much cooler. I don't know what it is, but, you know, sitting outside and, you know, having a couple drinks and everyone standing up singing and, you know, and Seeger, I mean, I can't say it enough. I, I know I said it last time, but his music is just so cool. Like, I don't know what it is, but the words and, like, the stories behind his music, and he still sounds great. I mean, yeah. he's 74.
0: He has a great and, band, doesn't he?
2: I mean, right, he probably doesn't sound like he did in the 70s, of course. But like, Pretty close. I mean, i tell you what, man, I, I, you wouldn't know the difference because he puts on a hell of a show, and, man, it, it's so cool. I, so I, I'm, I'm very glad I got to see him again.
1: Yeah, it says, um, Dr. Dre, most of the songs on The Chronic were written by himself, but since then, most of the songs have been ghostwritten by Eminem, Drake, Lil Wayne, and many others.
0: Okay, so we're all right, right?
2: Yeah, So yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, The Chronic is one of the biggest rap albums of all time. Fair enough. All right.
1: Touche, I guess we're all right. I don't know. Yeah. That's
2: good, right? Three point podcast. We all
1: (laughs) you You
0: gotta like that. We got anything else in entertainment news, guys, or do we do you wanna move on?
2: Yeah, real I was gonna throw out the last show. I don't know, this might be like a generational thing. I know for sure, obviously Jared knows about, you know, Barstool, uh, Dave Portnoy and his like pizza reviews. Yep. You ever seen that stuff, Ted? I have. Yep. So I, I like the show Bar Rescue a lot. I like John John Taffer. Like I've read his books. I think he's he's really cool. But the show Bar Rescue, I really like that.
0: you mm-hmm. guys
2: seen that.
1: Bar Rescue is I've seen an
2: it. awesome show. It's, it's on every Sunday so did you guys marathon. See that, uh, Portnoy, he he did a he teamed up with Bar Rescue, and they went to a pizza joint, and they had you know the the Frankie and Portnoy go into the pizza restaurant and do the whole try out all the pizza they ordered like 20 pizzas <laughs> ordered the whole menu basically and then taffer went in and did the whole bar rescue thing
1: i yeah it, it, they're they're big time boys like taffer and all bar pretty much and you can't name a better duo than taffer and portland yeah. yeah, it aired great.
2: last night i didn't see it um I'm, I'm definitely i'm gonna watch it at some point you know whatever on demand or whatever but i didn't know if you guys knew watched those shows knew about it or whatever but uh, I, I've seen a couple of clips and it looks it looks awesome.
0: I'll look for that particular show. I, I have seen Barstool or what's it called? Uh Bar, Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. I've seen a, a few episodes of it, but I'll look for that particular one for no, sure. Yeah, it's,
2: yeah um, it just aired last night, so I don't know. It might take a few days Sundays, to get But yep. I mean Bar Rescue, it's yeah, I love, I like John Taffer a lot. It's one of those shows it's it's the sh- same show every single time. Mm-hmm. But like just the different characters and everything. It's, I don't know. It's great. It's entertaining. Any
1: show that has like something that's crappy and then they remodel it and make it sweet is a great show. It,
0: right. I'll give you that for sure. I mean, I've mean, i seen oh. enough of those on HGTV with my wife. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't think there's anything else we got to get on the table there in entertainment news. I think we covered it all. Oh, I just got one question for Jared. You've been poking me to watch Black Mirror. Yeah. And I've been putting it off because of other things. Tell me in a short story why I need to watch it. What's it all about?
1: um you are of an older generation uh-huh. what's your main complaint about people that are my age
0: uh, there's so many of them i can't start with one
1: probably that we're on technology too much okay this show is basically <laughs> all about it's like uh what what's the show that you like the 1940s black and white scary show twilight zone it's like the right, twilight, twilight zone, zone. Yep.
0: but everything is
1: kind of how technology is kind of ruining our lives This is pretty much what it is so are there is
0: it like a twist at the end of each episode, that type of thing. I mean, I mean, how it's you just, dist- all of them. Is,
1: they're their own movies. Their you know? own
0: little separate shows. Then, yeah. So, okay, okay. And it's kind of like Twilight Zone oriented. It's just, I just wanted to get a feel for it before I check mm. it out. Is it something that Atlanta would like to?
1: I think so. I mean, it's okay. right up your guys's, you know, murder mysteries alleys <laughs> that you guys watch. So. That's
0: right. All right. Well, I'll check it out then. I just wanted to get a little bit more info on that. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Twenty-one high-def flat-screen TVs and a huge ten-foot screen. Awesome food, awesome drink. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Check out SheridanAuctionService for info on upcoming auctions. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has been in the professional auction business for over thirty years. Call Troy Crow at nine eight nine seven two zero sell for other details, or hit them up online at SheridanAuctionService for upcoming auctions. Advanced Elevator Company, they feature top of the line field technicians for installation, troubleshooting service, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and longtime supporter of corona public schools okay that'll do it for this memorial weekend special if you enjoy the show share three-point podcast with all your friends and family subscribe listen share three-point podcast on apple podcast soundcloud spotify stitcher TuneIn, or google play music give us a follow on twitter instagram and facebook at three-point pod kudos again to our three-point podcast partners advanced elevator sheridan Reality and auction company Rivals House and Grill, the Chrono Action, and Card Service Michiana. Be sure to check out our friends at Sports Radio Detroit and Midwest Sports Network for their great programming, including 3-Point Podcast. This has been a 3-Point Podcast production in conjunction with Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting 3-Point Podcast.